I got a question for you. Is there anybody here who can testify that Jesus Christ is faithful? Is there anybody who has ever testified that Jesus Christ is faithful by declaring it through being baptized? Can I get here from you folks? Has anyone ever testified that Jesus Christ is faithful by being baptized at Splash? Yeah, you're out there too. Anybody this weekend testifying that Jesus Christ is faithful this weekend by being baptized at Splash? Just holler at you people. I hear you over there. That's what this is all about. You know, I uh, became a follower of Jesus Christ um, like 35 years ago. And uh, I want to just stand here today and give testimony that Jesus Christ is faithful. That he is the answer to every real problem I have. He is the one unshakable foundation of my life. He is the one who time after time has been faithful over and over again. I mean, just a little illustration is y'all showed up and the sun came out. Jesus is here celebrating with us. Now, before we jump in today, I just want to greet everybody who's watching online. There are folks just uh, celebrating with us who are ready to hear stories of transformation, and we love you, and we are the church. Gathered, scattered, wherever we're at, we are the house of God, the people of God. Next thing I want to do is I kind of want to just stop and just take a minute to pray for some people. And the people I want to specifically pray for are brothers and sisters in Christ who live in the country of Afghanistan. Now, we're all aware of what's going on in that part of the world, and we're all aware that for centuries that part of the world has been troubled. But what you may not be aware of is that over the last 20 years, when there's been a, our presence as American military presence in that country, there have been thousands and thousands of people who have come to know Jesus Christ and profess faith in Christ. People who are of Afghanistan, of that nation, and now they are in a country now where everything has changed, everything is uncertain. There are workers in that country. There are uh, men and women who have served our military who are grieving deeply what they see going on in that country. Uh, and it is a small picture of what so many of our brothers and sisters experience all over the world who pay an enormous price simply to name the name of Christ, who are not baptized in a public way on an open hillside in the middle of a community. They are baptized in secret because to be baptized is actually a sentence of death. And so we want to stop right now and pray for all our brothers and sisters over the world, but specifically for those ones who are from Afghanistan. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, you are a God who is beyond faithful. And we experience it here in this country in so many ways that other parts of the world can't even begin to understand. We also take it for granted in this part of the world. So right now we just stop and we thank you. We thank you that you are the God of salvation, that you have proven your love by sending your son Jesus to die on the cross. And that's true for us here. And that's true for our brothers and sisters in Afghanistan and in all over the world, in places where... Uh, it's just cost to be a Christian. Places like Saudi Arabia and Thailand and China and other places where to name your name costs so much more than it costs here. Father, we pray for our brothers and sisters. We pray that you keep them safe. You pray, we pray that you send your angels to just protect them. We pray, Father God, that you would just give them boldness to stay faithful even as you are faithful. We ask that you would just 
turn this entire story on its ear and you would bring salvation and revival to that nation, that nation that has been in conflict for so long. We would pray, Father, that you would just create opportunities, that you would be known, that your peace and your love and your salvation could be ushered in in that place. And so much of what we take for granted, we would not take for granted, but we would just give you honor and praise for. Father, I want to pray for men and women who served in Afghanistan, who now are questioning, who are grieving, who are angry. I pray, Father, that you would just speak peace to them and help them have a renewed trust in your plan. We do not understand, but we believe that you are faithful and we trust you as we lift up our brothers and sisters all over the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I want to tell you my testimony because that's what it is. The Bible says there's great evil in this world, but we overcome that evil by the blood of the Lamb. That is what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross and the word of our testimony. So over 35 years ago, I was on a pendulum between pride and shame. Half the time I was convinced I was so worthless that no one could ever love me. And the other half, I was so full of spiritual and religious pride growing up in the church that I was sure that I was acceptable to God. And I spent half my time going back and forth. And both of these extremes had one thing in common. They drove me to my own self-effort. Out of shame, I tried to prove that I was good enough, that I was smart enough, that I was worthy of love. And it drove me to invest in my works, to project an image also, the pride also drove me to my good works, to put on display my religious observance and the fact that I grew up in a big church and was from a good family and I had done all the spiritual rituals, but all of it left me empty. And in the middle of high school, I did something that shocked everybody because I was a church kid. I left the church and I just started wandering and I just started doing a lot of stupid stuff. I did the party thing. I did the girl thing. I did the... I don't believe in God thing. I did all of that stuff, but that left me even more void and more empty. And then in between my junior and senior year, I returned to church for a deeply profound reason. There was a girl who would not go out with me unless I went to church with her. And so that's why I started going back to church. And at this church, I met a group of people who had a different understanding of what Jesus was all about. These were not people who were trying to earn their way to heaven by religious rituals. These were not people who were putting on a display of spirituality or good works or kindness or giving money in the hopes that they would be good enough and acceptable to God. They had opened up the Word of God and they had discovered a simple truth, that there's nothing we can do to earn our righteousness towards God. There's no religious observance. There's no uh, amount of money we can give. There's no moral things we can do. There's no mark we can make on history that will allow us to stand before holy God and be acceptable to him. Well, that's the bad news, that our sin has separated us from God. And I don't need to convince you of sin, do I? All you need to do is take a quick look in your own heart, and you're going to find it there. And that sin has left us void and empty and separated from God. It's not what we do. The good news is that there is an answer. Is that while we were still sinners, God sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to earth to die for our sins. His blood was shed, and by his blood, we are healed, we are forgiven, we are saved. It is not what we do, it's what he has done on the cross. And it's when we put our faith and trust, not in our effort, 
not in our background, not in our religion, not in our morality, not in our nationality, not in our race, not in anything like that. We put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. When we come to believe that He really lived, He really died, He really rose from the dead, and when He did that, He provided forgiveness for our sins, what the Bible calls atonement. And when we put our faith in Him, we then are forgiven of our sins. We are made part of God's family. We are made children of God in Jesus Christ. We are, we, are, we are given the gift of the Holy Spirit deposited in our life. And that Holy Spirit starts changing us from the inside out. Doesn't mean we're perfect. Doesn't mean we have it all together. But what it means is that we are children of God and our destiny is hidden with God in Christ. And as we learn to follow Him, and as we learn to grow in Him, we are moving towards our ultimate destiny of Him with eternity. It changes everything. When you really come to know Jesus Christ, when you put your faith and trust in Him, and give up on self-effort, everything changes. You know, we call our church Jacob's Well, and many of you know why we call our church Jacob's Well, but for those of you who may be new, let me just explain it to you. There's a story in John chapter 4 about a woman, a woman with a past. A woman who had spiritual curiosity. A woman who lived on that pendulum of shame and pride, trying to be good enough, trying to earn love. She had been married five times. She had been through difficulty. She was alone. She was isolated. And she came to a well called Jacob's Well at the hottest part of the day. A time where women never came because they came in the morning. They came together as a group. She was alone and she was isolated. She also was a Samaritan. That means she was an outcast. Jesus being a Jew, the rule was, you didn't talk to this woman. You didn't talk to her because she was a woman. You didn't talk to her because she was a Samaritan. You didn't talk to her because she was a sinner. But at this well, she came in the middle of the day expecting to find no one. But the Bible says Jesus was sitting at Jacob's well. And that day, she met Jesus Christ at Jacob's well, and her whole life changed. She entered into a spiritual conversation about how she thirsted, how she longed, how she was looking for more. She entered into a spiritual conversation where Jesus showed her that he understood her past and he knew about her past, and yet he still offered her the gift of salvation, which he described as living water that would start and refresh her and would come out and would be a living water, an artesian well, giving life to other people through the testimony of her changed lives. This woman made Jacob, uh, Jesus Christ her Lord. She met Jesus at a place called Jacob's Well, and her whole life was changed. That's why we call our church Jacob's Well. The most important thing you will ever hear here is not a sermon about how to fix your life, not a sermon about how to make your marriage better, not a sermon about how your finances can be better. Now, we talk about that stuff because we want Jesus to redeem that too. But the most important thing you will hear is that God loves you. When we know that God loves you, because he died for you on the cross to pay for your sins. And the most important thing that you can ever experience here is the gift of God and salvation in Jesus Christ. That's what this place is all about. That's why we call it Jacob's Well. Now I know many of you, I've seen you, I've seen many of you over the years, and I know you gave testimony that Jesus Christ is part of your life that Jesus Christ has forgiven your sin, and you would stand next to me at this moment, and you would declare that Jesus Christ is my Lord, and everything Paul is saying is amen and amen. But maybe you're here this weekend because someone you love is being baptized, and maybe you've seen some changes in them, and you're wondering what the heck's going on, and why they're going to church. What's happened to them is not church. 
What's happened to them is Jesus. Jesus is changing them. And what you are looking for, it's not an accident you're here. It's not an accident that you're here. It's not an accident that the sun has come out and that you can hear this message on this hillside or you can hear it online because you're watching because someone you love is being baptized. The thing you are looking for is Jesus Christ. He has died for you. He loves you. And he wants to have a love relationship with you. You may say, how can I have that love relationship? It's as simple as turning your heart, turning your mind, turning your attention to him. Putting your faith and trust, not in what you do, not in what we are as a church, not even what we believe as a church, but what Jesus Christ has done for you on the cross. Right now, there are people here who the Spirit of God is giving testimony to. The Spirit of God is troubling you. You are feeling that he's talking to me. I'm not talking to you. The Spirit of God is talking to you. And so today is the day where you are being called to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And so you have a choice. Will you continue to go on in your own way, in your own effort, living on that pendulum between shame and pride? Will you continue to go on this pendulum of your best effort? Will you continue to live in the emptiness and the meaningless? Or will you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ? If you would like to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, I'm going to pray a prayer. This is a simple prayer of repentance. Repentance means turning away from what I used to be and turning towards God. It's a simple prayer of expressing your faith in Jesus Christ, asking him to come in your life, declaring that you want to know him and to follow him and that you want him to be your Lord and Savior. And when you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you are given an incredible gift. You are called God's child. God the Father becomes your heavenly Father. Your sins are forgiven. No longer are you defined by the worst moments of your past. You are now defined by the glorious hope you have in your future. The old goes and something new comes. And so if you would like to pray this prayer with me, I just want to encourage you, let my words be your heart's words. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, Heavenly Father, I have sinned. I've gone my own way. And I live on that spectrum between pride and shame. And I have tried doing things my way. I have tried really hard. I've tried giving up. I've tried acting like I really care. And I've tried acting like I don't care. And none of that has worked. So right now, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I come to you. And Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my life. I ask you to forgive my sins. I put my full faith and trust in not anything I do, not even this prayer, but in the full faith and trust in what you did for me on the cross. I believe you really lived, really died, and really rose from the dead. Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. I need you to forgive me. Lord Jesus, I ask you to help me become a follower of you. I believe that you will give me the gift of the Holy Spirit and you will begin a change in me even this day. I need you, Jesus. Father, I come before you because Jesus said, when I come in your name, you will receive me as your child. And so right now in Jesus' name, I declare and I believe that you are my father and I am your child, not because of anything I've done, not because I am worthy, far from it, but because of what Jesus did for me on the cross. That is my hope, and that is my only hope. Lord Jesus, I love you. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I want to let you know something. That if you're here, or even if you're online, 
and you prayed that prayer, something amazing has happened. You have become a child of God. God is your heavenly Father. What it means is that we are brothers and sisters in Christ. The old has gone, and the new is born and growing and come, and is coming. And so this is a big day for you. So if you're listening online, what I would encourage you to do is I would encourage you to just click that tab that says prayer requests, and someone there online would love to talk to you about this decision that you just made. We'd love to help you get some steps going so that you can start living in the full reality of this relationship. If you're here today and you've made that decision, we would love to know about that. We'd love to help you. Here at our prayer tents, we have some pastors, our overseers, several of them are here. If you'd like to come and just say, I prayed that prayer, or I got questions, I wanted to pray that prayer, but I'm not sure about this or that, or maybe you're still, I've done too much, I've been too bad, whatever it is, they're incredible people whose lives have been changed by Jesus who would love to talk to you about your next step. If you're here today and you realized that happened to me, and I want to testify, see these people being baptized, I'm supposed to be baptized today. I'd also encourage you to go over and talk to some of these folks and, and just talk to them and learn about baptism and that as a step that you can take, which is a declaration of the new life. You know what baptism is? It's a symbol. It's a symbol of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So the person standing there in the water, it's a picture of them being dead in their sins without God. And then the old person is buried, and that old person stays behind, and a new person is resurrected. So it's the death, burial, and resurrection which you have put your faith in as the means, as the hope, as the power of your salvation. We are saved by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And so that's what we're doing here today. That's what we're celebrating.